This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, If you're into nerd culture, if you're into comic books, if you're into wrestling figures, if you're into signed sports memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds, so to all you American listeners, it's a little bit cheaper rate once you do the conversion, but don't worry, international listeners, they ship worldwide. Please visit them every day because they update daily, like I said, everything from signed wrestling figures, signed pictures, comic books, anything a nerd needs or wants, it's there at your disposal. And if you're into nerd culture, obviously you're probably into video games and books. If so, please visit BossFightBooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Shadow of the Colossus, Splunky, Super Mario Bros. 3, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in ebook format and paperback, so please visit them today. And if you want to support me monetarily, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's advice. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from mugs to t-shirts to hoodies to even baby onesies. Anything you need or want is literally there, but if you don't want to support anything monetarily, it's totally understandable. The easiest thing, the most free thing, the thing that takes you two seconds to do that you can support the podcast is raise subscribe review most specifically on apple Podcasts, stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify and iHeartRadio. so this week's guest is a host an actor an announcer a podcaster a professional wrestler and a wedding officiant aj kirsch what's up man thanks for having me and yeah i as you were saying that laundry list of things i'm like wow i do a lot of shit hmm no kidding, right? And thank you for being here. It's a monumentous day. As we record this, it is 420 and maybe the best 420 ever because of the verdict that just came down. Let's talk about this a little bit off the bat because this is just crazy what happened. And I'm so yeah, happy. I mean, this is history in the making. Uh, Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts, uh, as he should be. Um, yep. If he were to have gone free or even to be uh, declared not guilty, I think there quite literally would have been riots in the streets. Um, right. There would have been a travesty of justice. Like, it's uh, what he did was bullshit and exactly. uh, a grave, horrible, awful crime. 
and nothing's going to get um, George Floyd back, but it really yeah. did ignite uh, or reignite for a lot of people this racial inequality, and it's it's gone on for far too long. It should have never happened in the first place, mm-hmm. and uh, it's giving it's you know hopefully it's giving people a chance to talk about it and reevaluate some of the ways that this country does things, which is going to be no easy task because this country was kind of founded on slave labor and racism (laughs) and people don't like hearing it, but that's the truth. Right. Yeah. No kidding. And I'm just like, I was telling you after, before we started, I was just feeling like the sense of relief. This, I was getting choked up. Like, I don't know if it was happiness, if it was, I don't know if like whatever I was feeling, it was something just great that I've never felt before. And like, and then you told me, you're like, that's what justice feels like. And it's like, you know what? That is so true. You hit, you hit it right on the nose. Yeah. But also it's relief too, because we've seen who knows how many cases of white people getting off, especially uh, law enforcement, getting off scot-free when there's overwhelming evidence that points to them being guilty of committing a crime. And so uh, I was saying off the air, like, hopefully this is the beginning of a new pattern and not yes. a break in the longstanding pattern of of um, white people and specifically white law enforcement getting away, quite literally getting away with murder. Yeah, no kidding. And like you said, this sets the precedence now where cops now have to second guess. And this is so sad that we have to say it, that they have to second guess not to kill someone. Like right there, that's a statement in itself, right? Right. Right. It's a sad it's it's a sad state of affairs as far as what law enforcement means in the United States. But uh, like I said, they're uncomfortable conversations, but they have to happen if America is going to live up to what it promises everybody that it is, which is the land of the free. Turns out not entirely true. And um, Mm -hmm. steps. And this also this this verdict isn't the product of the system. This verdict would not have happened had there not been demonstrations and mm, protests and had so. people not yeah. been speaking out about like this no this is wrong this shouldn't be happening right. this this verdict is a product of the people speaking up and not a not a system that otherwise would have remained silent yeah no kidding and yeah this is just fantastic and i'm so glad it happened and of all days 420 like this is the best you celebrate <laughs> exactly well, well again being from canada it's legal worldwide uh across the, the uh, every province i don't know what state you're in i don't know if it's legal in your state yet or whatnot california oh fantastic so yeah of course <laughs> get, get that california bud going for sure <laughs> yeah. well okay what have you been doing during the pandemic? What's been keeping you busy? Because everyone knows inter- s- sort of stuff in the entertainment business was sort of s- shut down. So what have you been doing before you started working again, obviously, to keep up and not go crazy? Yeah, um, well, I don't know. It's, <laughs> when I, th- I just immediately put myself back to where I was when the pandemic hit and just this feeling of like being a little bit lost and not really know what I was going to do because, okay. you know, I, between shows getting shut down, gyms shutting down, like those were two of my like lifebloods. And so, oh, um, again, I just paused for a moment there because it was like it's weird because this the feeling of time was such a weird is such a weird construct. Like okay. I don't know if March twenty twenty feels like a year ago or yesterday. <laughs> right? and it depends on the moment, I guess. And so that's why again that pause was just like. Man, how long ago was that? That was a little over a year at this point that we were first locked down. And so, yeah, I just I started with kind of what I do for self care, and gym is going to the gym is one of those things. So it's like, okay, I need to revise 
what working out means. So uh, I've been running a lot. I've been hiking a lot. I've been doing a lot of body weight exercises to stay in shape. The gyms are just now starting to open back up again. So it's nice to be able to throw some weight around. But I've been able to explore some adaptability with my fitness that I really haven't had to do prior to the pandemic. So it's nice now having a, a larger variety of fitness activities that I like to do. I I actually enjoy running now, which I didn't think would have ever been the case. As far as professionally goes, I started streaming on Twitch and you can follow me at twitch.tv slash AJ Kirsch. That's A-J-K-I-R-S-C-H. I like did a giant purge of old wrestling stuff, old video game magazines. And Mm -hmm. I'm lucky that a lot of my audience on social media found those things interesting enough to purchase. So I sold a bunch of stuff and these are video game magazines going back to like 1993, 94. So, so yeah, so a lot of, a lot of video game magazine collectors and just kind of nostalgia junkies. Um, Again, I'm very grateful that they, they paid me well for those. So that was nice. Right. Um, And I don't know, just trying to figure out what's what and who I am when there aren't wrestling shows happening. And when, you know, I've only had like four acting gigs since last year. So that's been, you know, those gigs have been few and far between. So it's just been a lot of like figuring out what else is going on. But I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of that that year just kind of kicking and screaming and not really knowing what to do with myself or my time. Um, Spent a lot of time with my girlfriend and thank God I have like a a healthy relationship. (laughs) Right. A lot of people during the (laughs) pandemic all of a sudden realize that they don't. I know. That's a tough spot to be in when you're dating someone or living with someone. And then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, I didn't realize how bad this was. Right. So professionally definitely slowed down but personally uh leaps and bounds so i'm i'm glad to have that and which is good because for most of my life it's i've i've put my professional career before anything else and so it's been uh an adjustment that is long overdue to actually focus on my personal life and make that the priority oh that's so cool okay so yeah you mentioned okay actually before we get into more video game talk what have you have you been binge watching anything? Are you into any Netflix series, anything on Amazon, or even old wrestling on the network or anything, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my girlfriend got me into a number of shows. Actually, okay. one is RuPaul's Drag Race, okay. which is amazing. Like if you if you like pro wrestling, and you know some of you, I don't know, depending on how you feel about like queer culture or drag or any of that stuff, sure. like. If you like pro wrestling, you're going to like RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. It's fantastic. Like, you learn who these people's gimmicks are. You learn who they are as human <laughs> beings. Sure. You watch them put on, like, all their makeup. They're talking shit to each other. They're right. telling stories about themselves. And then the performance aspect is just fantastic. So, like, and we're, as I'm not exactly sure when this podcast drops, but as we're recording this, the finale is this Friday. Okay. So I'm like... Super excited to see the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. She's also got me into this anime show that was on Nickelodeon called Legend of Korra, oh, which is of kind that. of in the last airbender, I guess, family okay. of content. And I've never been super big into anime, but uh, yeah. the show is also fascinating. The characters are great. The stories are compelling. Uh, the art is really beautiful. It's like this cool combination of like anime, but also watercolor mm. and like a lot of the vehicles and kind of technology in the show are from like a hundred resemble from like a hundred years ago, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. I love it. 
Um, what else? My girlfriend also got me into Rick and Morty. I know I'm super late to that party, <laughs> okay. but like Rick and Morty is amazing. Just mind blowing right. and equally depressing. I might add, it's a very dark, very emotionally heavy show, uh, right. which I appreciate that because it could just go straight for the absurd, which it does very well, but it also does like actually very heavy emotional feels really well. Right. Um, what else have I been watching? Queen's Gambit was fantastic. Yes, I, I love that. Really, really good. I think I watched that in like a weekend. Or right? Something. Exactly. So the hell out of and it's so one of those shows you go into, you're not expecting anything. It's like, okay, I'm going to give it a... And I watch. I usually watch now, because of the lockdowns and everything, I've been up to date with shows. So I usually watch when they come out. But before the lockdown, I'd always be like three, four months behind. Spoilers are out everywhere, right? right? But now I'm up to date, so... I was actually watching it before everyone jumped on the bandwagon. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Watch the first episode. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is okay. After the second episode, hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh right. my I'm god! In. All <laughs> in. Now, and there are there are some shows that like everybody was talking about that I just haven't gotten into yet for either I don't have the streaming service or I just don't want to spend as much time in front of my TV sure. or whatever the case is. Haven't seen The Mandalorian. I haven't oh, wow. seen WandaVision. I oh, haven't no. seen. What, Captain America, Winter Soldier, is that one? Falcon Winter Soldier, movie. yeah. I don't know. There's so many fucking Marvel movies <laughs> nowadays. I don't... I stopped after uh, Iron Man 2. Oh, so shit. I have, like, I have like 20 movies I need to catch up on, and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to... I'm good. Um, <laughs> what else have I been binging? I don't know. That's been pretty much it. I don't spend a lot of time watching Netflix. Right. I'm always either on social media for way more than I should be, and just kind of keeping up with what, what people are talking about on there. Um, I haven't watched a lot of wrestling, to be honest. Right. I, I am allowing myself and actually enjoying missing wrestling. Okay. So I started paying more attention around WrestleMania, as one tends to do. Of course. Um, I watched certain matches, not all of them. I watched certain matches, certain moments okay. uh, at WrestleMania, but like... Thank God it's two days, by the way. Thank God it's yes. final. I know I know. last year was the first time they did it, but like, oh my God, long overdue mm-hmm. to make WrestleMania a two-night event. Um, so that, that's what's kind of been keeping my attention as far as like content um, over, over the pandemic. But it's usually, I don't know, it's rare that I get into a show unless it's somebody super close to me, like my girlfriend that's just like, oh, you need to check this out. Sure. Um, if somebody's like, you should watch this, I'm like, ah, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's so true. Okay, back to video games then. You said you yes. were streaming on Twitch. I know for a fact you were streaming God of War. You p- pretty much completed the whole game. Now, are you an old school gamer? Did you just get into this recently? Tell me your history with video games. Definitely an old school gamer. Okay. Uh, my first console was Super Nintendo back in like 1993, I think. Uh, I got it on Christmas and I got F-Zero, which oh, was nice. a racing game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been playing video games pretty religiously. I mean, before wrestling, my thing was was video games. Okay. And so, um, you know, big big fighting game guy, Street Fighter, oh. Mortal Kombat. Sure. Uh, those were the big things that I was super into, uh, at least on the console on the consoles. Uh, then it was like Donkey Kong Country, yes. and then PlayStation came out. It was like Twisted Metal and Final Fantasy. Sure. Um, actually, it was X Men versus Street Fighter. Okay. The, um, if you remember that in the of arcade, course. it was the home version coming to PlayStation that was like the tipping point for me wanting to get a PlayStation. Okay. I was like, ah, oh, I gotta have that game. <laughs> and of course, then that opened the world, like I said, to like uh, Final Fantasy and just Twisted Metal and all these other ones. And then of course, being a big wrestling fan as well, it was 
uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour, and then Revenge, and then um, WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, and then SmackDown came out, and then um, Halo, Madden, you know, (laughs) I mean, that could go 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 on forever, but the one video game franchise that to this day I still follow, and anyone who knows me can probably guess what it is, but like... I've stopped playing just about every video game franchise. I'll, okay. I'll pick up God of War or I'll pick up like something here or there. Sure. Um, but Legend of Zelda is the one that I just can't walk away from. So it's really? like, I will, I, will, I will continue playing Legend of Zelda as long as I can. Um, I don't see myself losing interest in that anytime soon. Okay. I'm chomping at the bit for information about the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Sure. And even if that comes out on a system beyond the switch i will buy that system just so i can continue playing legend of zelda okay so now now we have a, a conflict here now you're oh, you're, gonna, you're okay. gonna be the face and i'm gonna be the heel because I, I i had this conversation two weeks ago with with some of my co-hosts breath of the wild i cannot stand i hate that friggin' game i'm sorry to say <laughs> he's not even talking to me anymore <laughs> I wish you I could need, see you. You need to justify this opinion. Like, everybody's <laughs> entitled to their opinion, but I need to hear why exactly okay. you can't stand one of the greatest games of all time. That's weird to me. And this is coming from a guy who shamelessly loves Nickelback. So that is weird to me. Fantastic. That's weird to me. What is your beef with Breath of the Wild? Oh, okay, here we go. So... First off, I understand I'm in the minority. I'm not stupid. And I get why it's the best game. Okay? I totally get it. Okay. First off, the intro I really didn't like because you were kind of lost at the beginning trying to find those shrines and all that. But once I started going, I was like, okay, I get it. Now let's let's go. Let's do this. So then I start and then everything just from the weapons breaking pisses me off. From the rain that comes down and I can't climb pisses me off. From cooking everything that I find and trying to find recipes, because I'm trying not to go online and find everything. I'm trying to play this as it was meant to be, right? Work for yourself. Exactly. And now that I'm in my 40s, I hate difficult games and I can't stand the difficulty curve and dying every two steps I take. So to me, it's very frustrating. Frustrating. But. So what you're saying is you're not good at it, then. That's what what you're saying. You're just just not good at it. You know what? Yeah, okay. I'll say it. I'll admit it. I'm not good at this game. That's that's valid. That's valid. If you're if you're not good at it and it's frustrating to the point that you don't want to get better at it, I get it. That's good. no. But here's the I thing: I could okay. see myself getting better at it because I was telling my wife actually this because this is how video games used to be played back in the day. Because I come from the ColecoVision era. That's how far back I oh, go. Shit, you go way back. So you know what I mean. So I know what a hard game is, and I said it before. I don't find Mega Man games hard. I don't find Mario games hard. I breeze through those type of games, like you know what I mean. And the original Zelda, like on the Super Nintendo, Nintendo, no problem for me. But now as I'm older, I don't have the patience. I want to play more games because there's so much variety. So I play everything right. very easy. I don't want to die once. I just want to fly through a game. A nice 8 to 10 hour experience is ideal for me. So sometimes okay. to get into those 20 hours, mind you, this is coming from a guy who loves Assassin's Creed. And you could play that for hours and hours on end. But still, that's besides the point. So yeah, okay. that's I mean, my there's reason. There's always exceptions to the rule. <laughs> exactly. So those are my reasons why. That's fair. I, I, I respect that. And like, again, it's... You're, you're aware of your patterns enough to know when you will and won't like a video game. And Breath right. of the Wild is absolutely immense. I think I beat it with like 30% completion. Like wow. I have no interest in finding 900 Korok seeds. I have no sure. interest in completing all the shrines. Right. Like, I have shit to do. I don't have that much time. It's like watching. Okay. It's like trying to keep up with wrestling by watching 
three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown sure. and AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation and okay. Dynamite and NXT and MLW and just all these, <laughs> all these like how, there's there's twenty hours of wrestling a week. That's exactly. more than enough. I can't keep up with all of it. Yeah, no kidding. So you're telling me I don't need to get everything in order to actually conquer and clear this game? Weird, right? Weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Um, so maybe I'll keep going. You could you could come right out of that shrine where you start and march right into Hyrule Castle Castle and beat the game. You can do that. There's a way to do it. You yeah, don't but... need to you don't need to do anything. You could go straight to the castle and in your underwear and your stick <laughs> and be like, All right, Ganon, let's do this. I ain't got time to explore all of Hyrule. That's one of the reasons why I like it though, is because oh, okay, if you okay. just want to like relax for a little while and sure. just get lost in some beautiful scenery, do some side quests, maybe explore an area. Breath of the Wild is really good for that. Um, but yeah, it takes a long time to find everything there is to find in that game. Like people are talking okay. like a hundred plus hours to find Jeez. everything. And like, yeah, no. I have no interest in, in devoting that much time to a gaming experience, but right. as a very light casual gamer now, especially compared to what I used to be, I enjoy a game that I can pick up for 20 minutes. Like God, that's why I played God of War on Twitch okay. is because I can pick it up. I can hack and slash for like 20, 30 minutes kill some shit it'll look awesome it'll right. be very satisfying and then i can put it down and go back to whatever it was i was doing okay so now i feel better because i i, I said it too that i put money into this game and i'm a cheapskate this way where if i buy something i'm going to complete it even if i hate it right so i was about to okay. give up now that if you're telling me i don't need to find every shrine and get all the hearts and get all my stamina no, up okay so okay then maybe i'll keep going and hopefully i'll just clear it eventually <laughs> I, I used to have that too. Like it, when I got Donkey Kong Country, I was like, I'm going to complete this 100%. I know there's some way to get 101%, so I'm going to do <laughs> right. that. Donkey Kong Country 2, I think, had 102% because they're psychos. So it's like, I'm going to find a way. The only the only modern game that I completed 100% was Red Dead Redemption. Because oh, shit. it did everything so perfectly. The okay. story, the gameplay, the graphics, the right. sound the just the feel of everything it just played out beautifully you're right it's the only rockstar game that i've ever uh 100 completed which i'm very proud of because those things are absolute yes. monsters no kidding. but um but yeah red dead redemption is definitely up there with probably my top five gaming experiences of all time oh that's yeah no i love the original red dead redemption i wasn't a big fan of part two because it was a lot of mundane and everyday stuff to do and i don't want to do chores in a video game i want to play a video game if that makes sense <laughs> So no, I, I understand. Although there is there is a lot of that though in Zelda. Like Link is everybody's errand boy, basically. That's true. Link is like, hey, I lost my staff in the Zora River. Can you go get it? And you're, I mean, as a player, you're just like, I guess, like if that's what I need to do to like continue on this mission. But right. Link is just, you know, he's just happy to help everybody. Yeah, no kidding. Well, still on the topic of video games, you, and you mentioned it wrestling video games you were able to voice in a wrestling video game in wwe 2k19 as if people don't know as buzz the playable story mode so how did all this come to be like as again as a video game fan were you just like shitting bricks of happiness like what's going on oh yeah i shit out a brick house of (laughs) happiness when i found out i had that gig so uh shortly after my time on wwe tough enough way back in in 2011 right uh and i would love to talk about the podcast i'm putting out of course we'll get to it for sure um 
So I approached myself to a number of talent agencies in the San Francisco Bay Area where I was from and where I live because I wanted to make myself as well-rounded a commodity to WWE as possible because at the time the goal was still to get signed. Sure. Um, So I signed up with this agency, Models Inc. Talent Agency, where they they send people to do everything from TV, reality shows, movies, voiceovers, hosting, um, like – branding events commercials like everything everything under the sun um they they send their talent out to do okay and so i wanted to do all of it and so in 20 what 18 2018 uh i got an audition for a wrestling related project that i thought was going to be a tv show i thought it was like i don't know i I don't know what it was but it was the way the script was laid out it seemed like a pro wrestling TV show, or at least a TV show with a scene involving pro wrestling. And I was like, that's kind of my jam. Like, I think I got a good shot at this. So I auditioned the uh, woman running the audition said I did well, but she doesn't make any of the decisions. She just like runs the camera, but it was nice to hear that feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, And then usually if I have an audition and I don't hear back three to five days afterwards, it means you don't get the gig, which Uh is one of the, the rough things about showbiz. It's like, that phrase, don't call us, we'll call you. Right. It's like either they will call you and say, we want to hire you, or you will never hear from them again. Shit. So it's it's rough when you're not good at dealing with uncertainty. And okay. I've gotten better at it, but like they're still just like, God damn it, I just want to know if I got it or not. Right. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's it's still kind of rough to, especially if you really want the gig. So being a wrestling gig, I'm just like, man, I want this. Like I don't know who it is or who's going to see it, but I want this gig. Of course. So a week goes by and I kind of write it off like, okay, I guess I didn't get it. And I remember being at a red light and I see, I got a new email. So check my email and it said, um, Hey, uh, we just, we, we saw your audition for this, this project with a working title. They don't want me to say the working title, so I'm not going to. Um, but we loved your audition and we'd like to offer you the role. But the role is not as a cast member on Working Title. The role is as the main character in my career mode for the WWE 2K19 video game. Wow. And I <laughs> was flipping out. Right. I rolled down the windows in my car and like blasted ACDC. <laughs> it was just like rocking out. Like That's it was awesome. a one person party in my car that day. Right. And was just absolutely over the moon because as a lifelong video game enthusiast and as a lifelong wrestling of fan course. like it's going to be hard to to pick up another gig mm. that is as sweet as voicing buzz in wwe 2k19 and right. they brought me back for 2k20 which was really cool even nice. though buzz was kind of a more like easter egg like voiceover for a podcast fake podcast ah, type okay. of thing but um it was yeah it was just one of those moments where i'm just like this is pretty damn sweet. This is this is this, this is this is a dream gig. I got a dream gig. It was amazing. Yeah, no kidding. So, what was if if you have to put uh, put a thing on it? What was the hardest thing you had to do being Buzz or doing voice acting? Because was that your first major gig, or have you done others? Have you practiced? I, I've done a little voiceover stuff in the past. Nothing like nothing that involved. Um, I'd always also been in a booth and just doing voiceover okay. for like a commercial or, or a character or something. Sure. So this was the first time that they were going to be, they recorded our voice acting as we were acting in these motion capture suits. Oh. So they were capturing both at the same okay, time. Okay, gotcha. So 
It wasn't like they got the motion capture first and then they did the voiceovers. Right. Although, interesting fact, that's how they did it with WWE 2K20, mm. is they did the voiceovers first. Right. Is that how they did it? The voiceovers first and then the mocap? I think that's how it worked, if okay. I remember correctly. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it's, it, I just, it was interesting that they, they swapped that process. Mm. Um, but yeah, we were doing mocap and voice acting at the same time. Hardest thing for me was I was on a torn ACL and oh, wow. meniscus. <laughs> so it was a little difficult for me to, to get around from time to time. Sure. Um, this was in between the time when I tore it and when I had surgery. So you can kind of see it when there are scenes when Buzz is like walking a long distance. Like okay. I just got like a tiny little limp. bit of a limp. Um, <laughs> you can see me just trying to like, trying not to sell it. But sure. you know, it's a little difficult to not sell a torn ACL meniscus. So dealing with the injury, I think was the hardest part, but I was just so excited to go to work every day that I was right. on, I was just on cloud nine. Nothing could bring me down. So how long did it take to record everything? Because obviously the final product, you don't see every cutscene because of obviously of stuff that happened. So how long did, from start to finish, did it take? For 2K19, it was only three and a half days. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, three and a half days. And I say half day because I actually had uh, another gig that I was committed to in Vegas on Friday of that week. So mm. we just, we were there, you know, maybe 10, 11 hours a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, sure. Thursday, I left at lunch so I could catch my flight to Vegas Friday. God, I remember this, this week's coming back to me now. Friday, I, I did the show in Vegas and then Saturday, I actually flew back to Oakland, I think, and then drove to Fresno where I had a pro re- an indie show that night. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was one of the best professional weeks of my life. Cause it was like, Voicing a video game during the day for three days, sure. flying to Vegas to do a show in Vegas, and then doing an indie show Saturday night, and wow. then Sunday, I was just like basking in the glory of an amazing week. Like, I, I wish I could have more <laughs> weeks like that, especially lately since things have slowed down so much with COVID. But right. that was just an example of like really hustling and doing doing projects, working on projects and shows that were as rewarding as the hustle was. You know what I mean? Like, of course. I'm like, this is... This is the week. This is the week that I wish I could live all the time. It was amazing. Oh, that's so cool to hear. All right, you mentioned it. Tough enough. You started a podcast, oddly enough. And for people who don't know, obviously, you were a contestant on the 2011 Tough Enough. And not just because you're a guest. Mind you, that was one of my favorite seasons because of the whole different from the original and having the legends there and being at that ranch and all that. You know what I mean? It was just right, something right. different. And I, I like seeing different in wrestling. I'm, I'm one of those type of guys, right? So Me too. And that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast. Okay. Because I, I kept hearing that from people. Like, ah. season five, the 2011 season, was was most everybody's favorite season of Tough Enough. So okay. that's why I was like, you know, it's the 10-year anniversary. Right. A lot's happened since. Um, a lot happened on the show that people have no idea about. Of and course. between the ridiculousness of reality television and the equally ridiculous world of pro wrestling, there's just a lot to unpack and mm. 10 years later i'm like the time the time feels right to unpack it so the podcast is called tough talk with aj kirsch uh it's available now everywhere you get your podcasts um and if you just go to the toughtalkpod.com it'll take you to the podcast website where then you can subscribe on apple spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, amazon google pretty much like i said everywhere you get your podcasts um, and one more, uh, two more quick plugs as far as Tough Talk goes, and I'm happy to talk about it as much or as little as you like. 
Uh, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all at the Tough Talk Pod. And if you want full-length bonus episodes, um, let's see, early and ad-free episodes, oh. and a ton of exclusive content, you can sign up for the Money Talks tier at patreon.com slash AJ Kirsch. Now, of course I want to touch on this, because I want to know. Now, I, I know what's going to happen, but are you going to have guests? Is it just you recounting what's going on? Is it no holds barred? Are you allowed to say stuff, aren't you? Or are you just letting the gates go right open? I, I'm just letting the floodgates open on this one. I'm cool. um, interviewing guests, including contestants on the show, casting agents, executive oh. producers, oh, all right. uh, the medic. I'm hoping to get the medic on <laughs> oh the my show God. because they, you know, there were some injuries that they had to deal with. Sure. So I'm looking to get as many different angles as possible. Okay. Um, and again, not just like contestants, obviously the on-screen talents got more attention than anybody else. But like, of course. I also want to reach out to... John Morrison, who was a guest on the show. And I want to see if I can get, I don't want to say who it is yet, but there are people who were, who made it to the final round of the casting process, who didn't make it onto the show, who are in both NXT and the WWE main roster nowadays. Okay. Um, In fact, one of them performed at WrestleMania this, this past year. So, you know, um, I, again, I don't want to say who. Tune into the podcast to find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm looking to get as many different angles as possible because, okay. again, between reality television, pro wrestling, uh, you've got USA Network involved, you've got Shed Media, the production company involved, and of cool. course you've got WWE involved who are oftentimes very particular about who and what makes it on their television. Okay. And... I'm learning more and more the more people I talk to just how many strings were pulled going mm. into Tough Enough. That's not now that's not to say that what happened on the show was fabricated because right. from where I was standing I'd say 95% of what happened on the show happened organically. Okay. But there are things coming to light, pieces that were put into place that I wasn't aware of prior to the show and or prior to I mean this going into this podcast and so i'm learning a bunch of shit that i had no idea even happened which is making me feel differently about my experience on tough enough so it's as much for me to kind of reflect on that experience and what's happened these 10 years since and also just uncover as much as possible and not to mention like i'm this is the first time i'm getting to know a lot of these people Mm. outside of a reality show context like i just had an amazing two and a half hour conversation with luke robinson who made it to the finals he was one of the two finalists he was in fact the odds on favorite to win the whole thing right and hearing from him what he had to say um was just very eye-opening as far as how much or how little we were in control of the show um and that is in fact the next episode that i'm planning and episodes drop every monday um well, that's that's kind of true. So this next episode with Luke Robinson will drop on Monday, but after that, episodes will be released to the public on Thursday, and then oh, go. um, will go up on my Patreon on Monday. So you get a couple couple days of advanced episodes again, nice. early and ad free if you sign up for the Money Talks tier at patreoncom Kirsch. So there's a there's a ton of content coming up. Um, I also kept a journal during my time on Tough Smart. Enough, and I'm um, looking forward to cracking that open, sure. transcribing the entries, and then sharing those. Because I took down 
what happened that day. I took down the drills that we did. Oh, wow. The guests on the show. I was taking notes during, you know, when Bret Hart was lecturing all of us. Sure. So looking forward to sharing all that stuff oh, that's cool. as the uh, weeks go by. Oh, okay, that's so awesome. Okay, so people tune in for that for sure. Now, I got to know too, again, you mentioned it. And me being, I don't know if it's because I'm a wrestling fan or I'm one of those guys that just doesn't trust anything. I think every reality TV show is a work. And now, like how you mentioned it, some strings were pulled, a lot of stuff is organic. But what was one thing that wasn't actually aired that you wanted to be aired? And you're like, why the hell did they not air that shit? Yeah. Um, there was a moment uh, that early on in the show, John Cena was the guest, okay. and we had a huge like banquet-style dinner in this massive dining room, and Ariane had just gone home. She was the first eliminated, okay. so this was kind of after the elimination. Mm-hmm. There, so at this point, there's 13 contestants left, and we were on this long, we were seated at this long banquet dining table with just this magnificent feast in front of it. Like, it looked <laughs> okay. like something out of a Disney movie. Sure. Like, it was just like salad and turkey and potatoes and just like just just unbelievable, an unbelievable dinner, right. decadent. <laughs> On one side of the banquet table is Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was hosting the show. Right. And on the other side of this banquet table is John Cena, who was the guest. And this was like the oh, night wow. before Elimination Chamber in February 2011. Okay. So he had a pay-per-view to be at the next yeah. day. Um and I just remember them like trading playful barbs, <laughs> okay. like jabs, and like teasing what would happen if John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin were to meet in a wrestling ring. Right. And I think one of them even teased like, "Well, we got a ring down. <laughs> we just got a ring down here. Like we can oh, go find man. out right now." Sure. And I just remember like looking, looking to the left and right, and just being like, "This is the coolest shit ever. Like, how is this?" How is this real life right now? I'm right. not saying it just in my head. I was of just course. like, how is this real life right now? And so when the show aired, I'm like, why didn't they air any of that? Like, <laughs> right? Why wouldn't you air a banquet oh. dinner with Steve Austin and John Cena? Te- and, and now I'm thinking, I'm like, that that must be why is because they didn't want to tease a match that wasn't going to happen. Oh. I, don't think, I don't think they wanted to tease John yes. Cena versus Steve Austin unless John Cena versus Steve Austin was actually going to happen. Steve right. had been retired for like eight years at that point. So right, right. I don't think we're ever going to see another Steve Austin match, which is a shame, but um, just being there while these two mega stars were just teasing it was like, Oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that, that is cool. Yeah. And that's a shame. It's true. Cause everyone knows that's one thing that Vince McMahon hates is when people promote shit that he can't put on. Right. Because then it looks yeah. like it's his fault, so to speak. Right. Don't don't promote it if he can't make money on it. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, it makes well, sense from a business standpoint, it does. Yeah, of but course. It's frustrating because how many fans would have loved to have just right? entertained the idea? I know, I know. It's so true. Well, that's not the only reality show you were on. You were on Rock to Promo with The Rock. I didn't even know this was a thing. I don't know if it even aired up here in Canada or whatnot, or maybe it just flew right over my head. So for those who don't know, what is Rock to Promo? And I think you won this competition, did you not? I did indeed. There you uh, go. So Rock the Promo was, it wasn't so much a reality show. It was oh, a, okay. an episodic comp- pro wrestling promo competition show that launched his YouTube channel back oh, in 2016. Oh, okay. So like... It's, it's still up there if you go to youtube.com slash the rock and just, or just type in rock the promo right. um, and each competition each like promo battle 
was evaluated and judged by a legend in pro wrestling. Uh-huh. So like my rounds were judged by in this order, okay. Kurt Angle, Christian, Cody Rhodes, oh Mick Foley, Shit. Edge, and then The Rock himself declared me uh, the first and as of now only Rock the Promo champion. Oh, wow. um, I think other judges were, see if I can get this right, Vicky Guerrero, mm-hmm. Hurricane, Tommy Dreamer, and Rey Mysterio, wow. I think, were the other four. I might okay. be forgetting one, but I think that's everybody. Um, and so, yeah, there was a... Um, you would, you would submit a promo to The Rock's production company, Seven Bucks Productions, and they would air it. Um, they would air the promo of your opponent, and then they would show the, the feedback from the pro wrestler that was judging those promos. Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, I just, I've been doing this character, Brosif Joe Brody, at Hood Slam ever since 2012. Right. I was very comfortable doing that character. Okay. And... You know, my shining moment on Tough Enough was me cutting a promo yes, on was. Bill DeMott, but yes. in the presence of Trish Stratus, Steve Austin, and The Rock. So I ah. knew I could cut a promo. Okay. Um, and I just knew I could cut a promo as bros of Joe Brody. And <laughs> lo and behold, to make a long story short, ended up ended up winning Rock the Promo. And I still have the uh, Rock the Promo Championship belt, which is one of the few things that I actually display in my room nowadays. But I'm very, very proud of that championship. That's awesome. And yeah, everything The Rock does, obviously, it turns to gold and is just fantastic. Like, I don't know if you've been watching, speaking of watching television, have you been up to date with Young Rock? Um, don't tell him this. I have not. <laughs> not. Okay, okay. I've not, I've not been keeping up with Young Rock. I don't watch TV anymore. I, I don't. I don't, I just don't like... Like I said, unless I'm going over to my <laughs> girlfriend's house and watching sure. RuPaul's Drag Race, okay. it's all Netflix or Hulu. I mean, maybe it's on one of those things. I don't know. Oh, I, I see him so. tweeting about it like when it's on TV. Right. I just don't watch TV anymore. So chances are if it's on TV, I'm not catching it unless I can like access it later on demand on some sure. type of streaming service. Is it on a streaming service? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know how we get it up here in Canada. Oh, oh, we have it on cable up here in Canada. So that, that's how okay. I watch it. So Yeah, I don't even have cable anymore. I don't even have basic cable. I turn on my TV and it's like snow. It's like, See? you know, you got to turn your TV to channel three so you can play video games. Like, that's where I'm at with my TV. <laughs> See, I'm the same way. But because I have internet through a TV provider, I get their uh, online service for free. So I watch cable TV online, right? I see. I see. I wonder if I have that. I don't even know. This is how much I, this is how much time I don't spend on TV <laughs> nowadays. But I would recommend it. It's very again, if you're into 80s and 90s wrestling and you want to watch how the business was, and I'm sure they're leaving out a lot of stuff and whatever whatnot. But it's so tongue in cheek. It's fantastic. Everything well, I'm just sure they about have to it. Oh. it down a little bit too. Of just course, being television because not kidding. Know, I mean, those wrestlers were rock stars in the 80s. So unless right. you have like a big pile of cocaine between all of them, <laughs> yeah, they have to leave something out. They have to leave something out. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I don't know if you know the premise of it, but I don't want to spoil it too much. It's just him running for presidency and he's running back his old wrestling stories. That's pretty much the whole show. Do you think he's really going to do it? And that's what I was going to ask you. I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? He's a lot more popular than Trump. So if Trump got in, why wouldn't he? Well, so I I saw a poll in I think USA Today or Newsweek or something that said 46% of people would support a Dwayne Johnson presidential run. And here's the thing. Um, I think he would do well. Okay. Uh, I think he would do a lot better than Trump did. And I, I know you and I didn't really talk about like where we stand politically, but fuck Trump. 
uh, to put it in no certain Don't terms. Don't worry. I'm the same way. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody listening to this, you know, I'm not asking what your political opinion is, but since I'm on the show, fuck Trump. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I think he would do well because The Rock has been broke. The Rock has been True. evicted. Yes. He's a person of color. He's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. He's very compassionate. He's been in the public eye for, what, 25 years now? He debuted in 1996. So, yeah, 25 years or so he's been in the public eye. Right. Um, I think he would do well. I think think we just need, you know, I think one of the reasons Trump was elected is because people were ready for not, to not have a politician as a president. Because politicians have a reputation for being snakes. And I think a lot of them are. I think most of them are. Um. The Rock came from a, you know, there's a lot of snakes in pro wrestling. The Rock knows what it's like to be around snakes. Sure. And it seems like The Rock has surrounded himself with people he trusts, um, people that share a common vision as far as what Dwayne Johnson produces. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody who is so hardworking, healthy, I think that's a big part of it. He's, you right. know, a physical specimen. Um to have somebody that has an uncompromising work ethic because mm-hmm. Trump didn't work hard. Trump took more golf trips than any other president in history <laughs> during a time sure. when the country needed a leader. And we didn't really have one. We had right. an infant in office. Um, and, you know, I don't know that we would have been much better with Hillary just because she has so much shadiness around her. And right. she is that robotic human you know politician that's just faking it it just feels like she's faking it it feels like she's faking everything Mm -hmm. trump was so didn't give a shit but let everybody know he didn't give a shit so people i think applauded his transparency and so there's this weird there are these two extremes where it's like you have somebody who's not even a good human or a good politician and then you have somebody who is a career politician, but mm-hmm. also not a good human. And <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> to, have, to have somebody, and I'm sorry, this is way more political than I wanted to get. And if no, anybody no turned off the podcast, I apologize. Um, but all this to say, I think he would do well. Yeah. Is he going to do it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see it. it. I would like to see it. I, I think the only person that would get my vote above Dwayne Johnson would be Bernie. I, I, I wish okay. we could have Bernie in office. Um, who's to say? Stranger things have happened. If there's one thing that the Trump presidency showed everybody, it's that anybody, literally anybody, can be president. Not kidding, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm Canadian. Sorry to say. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous that I wish... I wish I was Canadian over the last four years because it was a fucking embarrassment. Oh. Hey, don't worry. We're in our own hellhole right now with this whole pandemic thing. Like, we just went into another severe lockdown. We we're having, like, our worst wave ever. And our, oh our, our hospitals are so backed here. up. And it's just like, oh, I, my I have God. A, a friend who lives in – oh, God. She's, if she's listening to this, I'm sorry, JC. You're going you're gonna to for, – I forgot where you live. But she, like, wants to move to Toronto. Oh, God. At Toronto. Edmonton. Fuck, I forgot entirely. Okay. The point is, she lives in Canada and sure. says there isn't even province to province travel right no. now. Is that true? Yeah, they just actually did that right now too. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Well, I 
I feel for you guys, but I hope you have some more competent leadership than the United States has because we're a bunch of fucking idiots down here. But you know what? No one's ever happy. Like when, when our prime minister got first elected, everyone was happy. He legalized weed. And then all of a sudden it started going down. Our economy tanked a little bit and whatnot. And then this happened with the rolling out of the vaccine. It's not going to plan and everything. So now it's like everyone's against him. And it's like, oh my God, no one's ever going to be happy. No one's ever. No, you can't please everybody all the time. Right? You really can't. <laughs> but it, I would like to think that we could at least have a leader with some competency and some compassion and not a sandy butthole like Donald Trump. Right? Not kidding. <laughs> okay, well, before we get to the worst story of the week, a wedding officiant. Where did this come from? Why did you have the urge? What's going on here? Yeah. All right. So I know it's kind of a weird, like, like additional resume. Yeah. Item, but um, <laughs> it was actually after winning Rock the Promo that I was like, I'm good at talking in front of people. Okay. Like, whether it's you know, Dwayne Johnson himself, or whether it's like a thousand people at a pro wrestling show, I'm good at talking in front of people. Hmm. How else can I use this skill or this gift to not just make money, but to like do it in a way that makes people feel good. And so I was like, huh, I wonder how hard it would be to become an ordained minister so that I could become a wedding officiant. And I'm not religious at all. I think I, 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 I think I'm not religious at all. Sure. I'm just going to leave it at that. There's no Fair reason enough. I need to get into it. And okay. just, I am not in the slightest bit religious. Um, but I understand that there's, you know, if you're an ordained minister, you can marry people. And so I paid the 20 bucks and filled out like a five minute questionnaire online, which is wow. ridiculously easy. That's all it takes is okay. 20 bucks in like five minutes. Right, right. And then I got a little piece of paper that says I'm an ordained minister. Wow. And then just, started putting out on social media like hey if you don't want some creepy old dude like reading out of the bible to marry you i would love to do it i think i would do a good job i love speaking in front of people i love making people feel good i'm not just some random old dude like i would inject some humor and some life and some energy into your wedding ceremony and so uh less than a year after winning rock the promo i did my first ceremony and i've done like 15 ever since and so Nice. I'm also at that age. I'm 37 years old okay. and you know, a lot of people my age are getting married. And so sure. I feel like the time is the time was right to do something like that and uh I have a great time doing it. I actually work directly with the bride and groom to put together a ceremony that, you know, has inside jokes and has stories about either how they met or a moment they knew they were destined to be together That's or smart you know, funny anecdotes, like just little stuff like that to make it feel like it's their moment and not just, you know, reading a bunch of gobbledygook out of a Bible or out of a, you know, just, I I make it fun and engaging and interesting. And also like, it's exciting. This is a big moment for a lot of people. And for everybody who came in to be a part of the wedding, um, like, people fly in from, you know, across the country or across the world to be at a wedding. And that's not lost on me. Like I, I am honored anytime somebody trusts me with such a big moment in their lives, but also it's like, there's so much stress that goes into planning a wedding. I make the ceremony the least stressful part of it because everybody knows exactly what's going to happen when it happens. And I also don't do, I typically, unless the bride and groom want it, 
I don't do a long drawn out ceremony. Like ah, everybody has okay. waited so long for this moment. It's like short, <laughs> yes. sweet, a little <laughs> bit of humor. Now let's party. Of course. No, of course. Okay. Now I got to know what's the weirdest themed wedding or the weirdest request you've ever gotten. Um, so two answers come to mind. Okay. I have been uh, approached by a number of wrestling fans okay. to, to marry them and their fiance. And so I've done a couple weddings where I will do a ring announcer style announcement where it's like, uh, by the power vested in me, I now pronounce you new husband and (laughs) wife, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Such and such. Oh my God. So that's fun. But also I did a costume wedding, like a medieval wedding. Okay. Um, And they... It was weird. Like, they dressed up as kind of like this medieval, almost like pirate kind of oh, looking thing. Okay. Where the groom actually, like, fought off all these bad guys <laughs> oh, that wow. tried to kidnap the bride. Like, it was this <laughs> whole production. But then I'm there. They were like, come dress however you want. So they were dressed in these, like, medieval, you know, like I said, kind of piratey looking stuff. Right. I'm there in this, like, biker, torn jeans and chains and, like, a leather vest with this, like, Brett Michaels looking cowboy hat, sunglasses. Right. I was wearing the Rock the Promo Championship belt. <laughs> so it was, like, so ridiculous. It's right. so over the top. But it made it a lot of fun because it was, like, silly. It was silly and fun. And it took the stress out of a wedding. You know what I mean? The typical right. stress of just like, oh my God, like everybody's on pins and needles and everybody's so like rigid and stuck up. Like, no, this dude was swashbuckling on his way down to the altar. It was awesome. Is there any request you had to deny and you're like, oh, that's a little bit too far. Like say like a nude wedding or something going like just, you're like, nah, man, that's not for me. <laughs> no, hasn't, hasn't happened yet. I mean, I'm, I'm game for just about anything. Okay. Like, I, I I have very little shame. And fuck, I was on a reality show called Dating Naked. So like <laughs> Okay. If, if anybody like wants to do a nude wedding, hit me up. I am a hundred percent down. If anybody wants to do any kind of wedding, I'm a hundred uh, like short of a human sacrifice, I think I'm I'm pretty down okay. to do whatever. So shoot me an email, aj.kirsch at hotmail.com with subject wedding. If you want me to officiate your wedding, I would love to drop some holy matrimony on you and we can be as formal or as weird as we want it to be. And also, by the way, um, I'm very willing to marry same sex couples, by the way. I don't care who you fuck. I don't care how you fuck. Perfect. As long as it's consensual and you're not hurting anybody, at least not in the way that somebody doesn't want to be hurt, (laughs) then... You you do and love who you want to love. So come one, come all. I will marry the fuck out of you. That is so awesome to hear. And that leads right in perfectly into my next question of how did you get the gig of being the ring announcer for the LFC, which is the Lingerie Fighting Championships, right? Lingerie Fighting Championship, an all-female MMA league, and they Crazy. fight in underwear. It's a tough job, but somebody <laughs> has to do it. And... <laughs> It gets to be me. That's it's a pretty sweet gig. Right. Um, actually, Jason Dedrich, who I knew from my days um, as a pro wrestler with All Pro Wrestling okay. out of the world famous Hayward Garage in Hayward, California. Shout out to everybody who's watched Beyond the Mat, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Dedrich actually put me in touch with Sean Donnelly, the owner of Lingerie Fighting Championships, back in I want to say twenty. 20- 14 or 15 something okay. like that it was a while ago now yeah. maybe it was even 2016 um 
But I had started transitioning, I had been transitioning from a pro wrestler to a host, ring announcer, and commentator. And Jason heard that Sean was in the market for a new ring announcer. Okay. Suggested I give it a shot. And I've been working with lingerie fighting championships ever since. And it's it's always a blast. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. We just did a show in Vegas, LFC 31. Okay. Um, in front of nobody. There was no crowd there, obviously, because we had COVID to worry about. Right. But it's exciting that shows like LFC are, are coming back again. And so... Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun gig. I enjoy it very much. Now, okay, I, I haven't watched any of it, and being an MMA fan myself, and I like everything. Like I, I love the spectacle that just happened with the whole Jake Paul fiasco. Not the actual right. fighting, but everything that led up to the fighting. That slap fight with Ric Flair that was hilarious. Like everything that was a part. Of, that's entertainment. You know what I mean? And I love right. that's and, the point. And that's I love the circus. Fun. So now, is this a legit, like, are they actual real fighters, or is it, like, pretty models in lingerie just sort of ripping each other's clothes off? It's both. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Some of them are trained fighters. Some of them are former or even current pro wrestlers. Oh, wow. Okay, and okay. Some of them are models that have, like, an athletic background that want to get in there and, like, sure. mix it up. And so that's part of the fun of LFC is actually seeing if they can back up you know, the talk they talk when they say, oh, I can come in and beat her ass. It's like, mm. okay, we're actually going to give you a chance to. Let's see if you can actually back back it up. Well, that's cool. Maybe I'll have to check it out then. <laughs> yeah. Um, LingerieFC.com if you want more information and stay up to date on all of the uh, upcoming events. Perfect. Ready for the word story of the week? Let's do it. I can't wait. Let's get weird. Well, it's not too weird. It's actually pretty scary, but it falls into weird. So, okay. obviously, nowadays... I find, I'm sure you probably the same way, you, you could get cancer from everything, from breathing, from eating, from stressing out, from walking outside, from having a phone. It right. doesn't matter. You could get cancer from everything, right? It's everywhere. So if you'd have to guess, what do you think is now the next thing on the list of causing cancer? <laughs> hmm, do I get a hint or am I just guessing? Um, it's something that, okay, how about this? Yeah, you know what? I'm sure everyone's done this. Something that everyone has sat in. In. Yeah. Something that everyone has sat in. A hot tub? No, but that's a good guess. Hmm. Something everybody has sat in. What do you sit in? Right? Uh, your feelings? <laughs> your feelings. Well, that, I guess that goes with stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going I'm to take 10 more seconds and think. I don't want to like just have a bunch of silence on your podcast. But I'm trying to think what people sit in. Okay, I'll give you something else. Okay, how about a, a car? A car. There you go. Yes. Okay. So the newest thing is new car smell can give you cancer. What? Yes. So I'll, let me read you. This is just crazy. So the materials used to build car interiors, plastics, industrial glues, foams, textiles, all that stuff are drenched in various chemicals, right? So as the parts come into contact with air, some of those chemical particles start floating off the materials and then the occupants of the car start breathing them in. So among some of the particles are benzene and formaldehyde. So everyone knows those are cancer-causing agents, right? right? So the key word here is exposure. So they say to combat this, the easiest thing to do is just to roll down your windows like that. There's air circulation and it literally falls to like 0.01%. Like you pretty much will not get cancer. But now... Being here from Canada, you can't always roll down your winter when it's friggin' minus whatever degrees outside and it's in a snowstorm. You know what I mean? Oh, 
So they're saying that if you're in your car longer than 20 minutes per time with with no ventilation, that you're going to get fucking cancer. Can you believe this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Right? Like you're either getting cancer or you're getting instant hypothermia and freezing to death. It's awful. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So many things can kill you. <laughs> well, the best solution is just don't make cars with these type of chemicals. <laughs> Right. Well, and, but then of course that's going to drive up the cost. Because, I know. Because you know, these faceless corporations would rather have people die than you know have to spend more money on their their products. God, what a world! What a world we're living in. It is. It is indeed. Well, AJ, I know you plugged already a lot of your stuff, but go again. Plug all your stuff so people can find you where people know where to get your stuff and any upcoming projects you want to put out there. All right, let's get to it. <gasps> follow me on facebook twitter instagram youtube and twitch it's all at aj kirsch be sure to follow the tough talk podcast at the tough talk pod on facebook twitter and instagram uh the tough talk pod.com subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you want early episodes ad free episodes access to exclusive content you can sign up to my patreon at patreon.com slash aj kirsch you want to look for the money talks tier uh, let's see. On Saturday, May the 1st, I will be hosting Ring Announcing and providing the live commentary at Dark Arts Entertainment Presents No Favors at the Super Beast Training Compound in Las Vegas. Tickets are available on eventbrite.com, 21 and over for that show. And then on Sunday, May the 2nd, I will be hosting Ring Announcing and providing the live commentary at Versus Pro Wrestling, also in Las Vegas. Go to facebook.com slash versus pro wrestling and shoot them a message to claim your tickets because space is limited. Uh, I think that's everything. That took a lot less time than I thought it, <laughs> thought it would. But also, I just rattled it off real quick. But I think the most important thing right now is please do check out the Tough Talk podcast. Um, it's just starting. So if you were, like you said, at the top for your podcast, Rate, review, yes. if it, you think it's interesting, please tell a friend, please post about it on social media, I would yep. really appreciate it. There is some really good stuff coming up, like I said, my conversation with Tough Enough finalist Luke Robinson is fascinating, I'm also interviewing Ariane, who was the first to be eliminated after her infamous favorite match of all time is Melina versus Alicia Fox, and then of course she went on to get signed <laughs> by WWE, and had a run as Cameron, and... I've got two of the four trainers confirmed for interviews. And if you remember, those trainers are Trish Stratus, Bill DeMott, Booker T, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. One of those two confirmed trainers is Bill DeMott. And I'm not going to tell you who the other trainer is, (laughs) but I am working on getting all four. Some of them just take a little bit more following up than others. So two trainers are confirmed. One of them is Bill DeMott. And, um, yeah. TheToughTalkPod.com so you can subscribe on your podcast provider of preference. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles. You could follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast DAP at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, it helps me out. And obviously, just as mentioned, rate, subscribe, review. You have no idea how important that is. And it's free. When you're taking a shit, just do it. Like, it takes two seconds, man. I don't understand why go. people can't do that. Exactly. Oh, my God. So, last question. We didn't even touch on this. You wrestled in AEW during the pandemic. If you had to sum up your whole experience, how was it? And are you going to be back? Uh, To sum up my experience on AEW Dark earlier this year, very refreshing. Um, 
the vibe backstage is so chill. It doesn't feel like anybody's walking on eggshells. Nobody's worried about looking at somebody wrong or shaking someone's hand or not shaking someone's hand, which is what I experienced Fantastic. just about every time I was an extra at WWE. So oh, okay. if that doesn't mean you shouldn't be a professional back there. You should be. But right. if you're a pro wrestler, you're listening to this, and you have a shot coming up with AEW, uh, you will be able to relax far more than if you've ever done um, an, a backstage, if you were ever backstage at WWE. Um, I hope to be back. AEW is where I want to be right now um, as a some type of mouthpiece, whether that's a manager, a live event host, a commentator. Like That's where my contributions to pro wrestling are most valuable. Okay. Um, they asked me to wrestle, so of course I'm not going to say no. I'm going <laughs> right. to do whatever the show – I'm going to do whatever is best for the show. Right. But my contributions are most valuable behind a mic or under a headset. So I hope Fair to enough. be back – in some capacity um, in one of those respects. But, you know, I am in touch with them. They know where to find me. I'm not hard to find, um, but I am optimistic that um, earlier this year was not the last time I'll be popping up on AEW. That's fantastic. On that note, he's AJ. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Later.